Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in celebration of the birthday of Jill Shanzer, sponsored by her husband, Bruce, and her four children. Jill listens to Rabbi Fahi Shi'ur every day, and her family knows that she will appreciate this gift of supporting Torah learning more than she would anything else for her birthday. That is a very beautiful dedication. Tov li Torah picha me'alfe zahav v'chasef. More do I love the words, uh, your words of Torah, than I love thousands of uh, gold and silver coins. Amazing. Breakfast in the class is also sponsored by Stephen Rappaport in honor of Isaac Daba for being the building block of the synagogue. Hazaku Baruch. And as well, the week of cold brew is dedicated in loving memory of Sam Isai, Eleven Shalom, Nishmat, Shalmo Benifka, sponsored by his son Isaac Said. My friends, we started yesterday with an idea. The idea begins, it tells us that the parasha begins with an idea that there were these uh, 10 men that were selected, these 12 men that were selected by Moshe Rabbeinu to be the various spies. And now Chachamim tell us uh, a little couple of things about their names. Let's start with the Gemara on, on Sota on page 34b. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak teaches, Davar masoret biadenu, this thing we have as a, um, a tradition in our hands, from our fathers. The Miraglim were called according to their names. Their deeds were already foretold in their names. But us, says the Gemara, We only have the tradition teaching us uh, why and how their names were illustrative of what they had done, we only have it about one of them. Setur ben Michael. Setur, says the Gemara. What does it mean, Setur ben Michael? Setur, shesatar ma'asav shelakadosh baruchu. That he, uh, he contradicted the deeds of God himself. Setur. Ben Michael, what does it mean, the son of Michael? Sheasa atzmo shelakadosh baruchu. He made God's essence, God Himself, mach. Mach means someone that's poor or someone that's weak. For the Meraglim said, Ki mimenu. The Meraglim said, We can't go into Eretz Israel. You know why? Because the inhabitants, Chazakhu mimenu. They are stronger mimenu than us. But mimenu could also mean in Hebrew than mimenu than him. So the indication in Setur ben Michael was that he was saying that he did not believe that Borei Olam could win the war against the indigenous population of, of Eretz Canaan. So therefore, Setur ben Michael means Setur, he contradicted the greatness of the deeds of God. Ben Michael, the son of someone who Machel, who made God out to be weak, impoverished, uh, uh, you know, incapable. This is what the Gemara says. We only have the interpretation of how the name indicates the action only for one of them, but not for the rest. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, oh, Af anu nomar. So too will we say, Nachbi ben Vofsi, Nachbi, the son of Vofsi, Nachbi shehichbi devarav shelakadosh baruchu. That he hide it, he hid, the words of God. Vofsi, what does Vofsi mean? Shepasa al midotav shelakadosh baruchu. That he trampled on the words of God. 
So Nachbi means he caused the words of God to be hidden. Perhaps what Rabbi Yochanan means is by spreading these words and getting the Jewish people to deny or to doubt God, he caused the promise of God to bring them to the promised land to become hidden. Ben Vofsi, that he trampled on the words of God, again, that God said, I'm going to bring you to that land and I will conquer its inhabitants on your behalf. My friends, <clears throat> thus ends the Gemara. So we have two opinions, one in the name of Rabbi Yitzchak, who says that there's only one tradition that we have, and Rabbi Yochanan, who says that with Ruach HaKodesh, I could also interpret a second name. Only those two out of the twelve do we have an indication that, that their names are an indication of what they had done. Now I need to, I need to exp express two concepts here, which I think are very powerful. First of all, the idea itself that a person's name can indicate the path that they're going to take in this world. That sounds to be uh, like a very problematic uh, idea in terms of a person understanding what free will looks like. That means if my parents decided my name, then my name automatically says that I'm going to be a rasha or that I'm going to be, uh, you know, a sadiq. That's a hard thing to understand. Where does, where's the human choice in that conversation then? That's question number one. But question number two is really something I think that should strike harder at the, ma at the matter at hand. It's not just that there are good names and there are bad names. You know, today if you go to modern day Israel, you'll see people taking names from the Tanakh. And I, you know, I know that they did a Goral Hagira, which means that they opened the book and whatever name was on the page, that's the name that they chose. How do I know that they did that? Because the name that they chose, if they look any further in the Pasuk, you'd see that that would not be a desirable name. I actually heard someone in Israel be calling Nimrod. I heard someone in Israel be called Esav. Sorry? Yoav at least has a complicated past but he's someone who has a good side to him too, you know. He also has issues. Shaul also. We hear about the end of his life, there's a Ruach Ra'ah, but that's not who he is, okay. So there's people who have positive and negative. It's not like Esav was 50-50, <laughs> right? It's not, you know, this is, this is a guy, this is, you know, everything about him is bad in the Torah. Nimrod as an example. You hear these names, and for some people it was actually an expression of a rejection of God. <clears throat> Nimrod, Yani. Let's. I don't know if you know that there was a law only. I think it was yesterday that's being proposed in Israel that it should become illegal, illegal to teach a minor Torah or to expose a minor to Judaism in Israel. The secular government has now gone so far to the left as to consider teaching a child Judaism the same as teaching a child Christianity. And the law against missionizing in Israel, they want to apply against teaching Judaism. In our prayers for Israel, we need to pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to protect it from enemies from without. In the Negev, in the hills. We also need to pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to protect Eretz Israel in the Knesset and to protect Eretz Israel in Tel Aviv, to protect Eretz Israel from uh, who knows what this new government will look like, you know, and, uh, and what uh, the new people in power uh, will, will, will put in. We have to pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not only that the state remains Jewish in its numbers, in terms of 
who is now considered a citizen, but also in terms of its ideology, that, that Torah should not be shoved out of the front door of the state of Israel. My friends, <clears throat> in this concept, we see a very interesting thing. I, I mean, to me, this is like, it's wondrous that a person's name can be uh, so illustrative of their future. And I'll tell you why it's so powerful for me. Because in Israel, you find these bad names. Is someone like that, is, is there no chance for a kid like that to turn around and lead a positive, powerful life because that's what name their parents gave them? Hard to say, right? And I think one of the proofs of this is something that we find in our parasha. So let's first answer this question. The Gemara tells us about Yishmael, that Yishmael came to this world, okay? He had a, 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 a purpose in this world. Yishmael's inherent power was the power to be able to teach the world about the efficacy of prayer. Yishma'el, that God will listen. Says the Gemara, unfortunately, throughout history, there have been many instances where Yishma'el has chosen, instead of teaching the world how to pray, he forces the world to pray. So with acts of terrorism as an example, they force the world to pray. So you can introduce people to prayer by showing people its beauty, by showing people that we pray five times a day. Look at how attached we are to prayer. There's a call to prayer. Everyone needs to shut down by the muazin, you know. Right? That could have been a sound of peace ringing through streets in the Middle East. They could have taught the world how to pray. But sometimes, instead of teaching the world to pray through acts of devotion, they actually cause people to pray out of fear, uh, out of terror. Now, either of those is a fulfillment of their name. But in the final analysis, one would have brought them tremendous sachar, uh, uh, reward, beneficence in this world and in the next, and one will have brought them tremendous punishment in this world and in the next. A person gets to choose how they want to manifest their destiny. But their destiny will be manifest whether they like it or not. I get to choose how it manifests. Clear? Let me illustrate what I think is maybe one of the most powerful of these examples. The Pasuk, the Gemara tells us that there's only one name that we know the interpretation of. One that we have a tradition that was handed down all through generations that was not lost. And that is the name of Setur ben Michael. What does Setur mean? He contradicted the words of God. Michael, that he made God weak. Fascinating. That's not our relationship with the word Michael, is it? Michael is the guardian angel of the Jewish people. Right? We, we quote him, we talk about him at the Brit Milah. We say, Mimini Michael, Umismoli Gavriel. Right? So each one of these angels, they surround the Jewish people in guardianship. Michael is the strongest amongst the guardian angels of the Jewish people. That's why he's Mimini, standing to our right side, indicating our strength. So Setur ben Michael didn't get a bad name. But what the Pasuk is telling us, <clears throat> and the Gemara is telling us that we have a tradition for, is that within Michael lies the possibility 
of a person doing something which is, again, fascinating. Let me, let me just drive this home if I can. Why is Michael the guardian angel of the Jewish people? Let me just illustrate this by backing up one more step. When it comes to the angels, the angels' names are really uh, like the description is on the tin. It's just a matter of how obvious it is and how vast a person's knowledge is in matters of Kabbalah. But there's some that are obvious. As an example, who is the agent of healing in this world? The, the Malach that's appointed to bring healing. He's the angel of Raphael. Why? Literally. Raphael. God heals. That's it. Simple. So the angel is a messenger of God bringing the power of healing from Hashem. Raphael. The agent may have many different faces. The, it might look like a nurse. It might look like a doctor. It might look like the person who's fighting the insurance company to allow you to get the life-saving information and the life-saving uh, uh, treatment in the hospital that the insurance company doesn't want to pay for it. They will be a messenger of healing. And people actually, I think, sometimes intuitively say, you don't know, you were, my, you were like an angel for us. They're literally tapping into this reality of Raphael being there, a messenger of Hashem bringing healing to the family. Michael, he's the guardian angel of the Jews. Why? Shouldn't that be, I don't know, Magenel? The shield of Hashem? The power of Am Yisrael is in Michael. We say it every day in our tefillot. Right? Enke lokenu, enke adonene, mi kemalkenu. What are we saying, mi kemalkenu? Who is like? The question is a redundant one. Right? We're not asking if there is another one like our God. We're challenging and saying, Mikael, there's no one like Hashem. So wh why is there two different expressions? Enke lokenu, Mikelokenu. First you say, Enke lokenu, but you can't prove that there's no one like Him unless you actually offer a comparison test. So if I tell you this is the best deal on car insurance, what's going to happen? Geico's going to turn up. <laughs> Geico's going to say, I have a better deal. So what I need to do is tell you, here's my quote. Go find me a better deal. If you can find a better one, I'll match it. Mine is the best quote. So when the Jewish people say, Mikael, what they're saying with pride, what they're saying with certainty is, ain't no one like our God. And you know how... I'm, you know how certain I am? I'm willing to put it to the comparison test. Fadal, go find me another one. Got that? That's Michael. The strength of the Jews is that knowledge, that belief in Hashem, which is unshakable. Now we look at Setur ben Michael and we realize something remarkable. Says the Gemara, <laughs> you know, you could have you known that already this guy was going to mess up. Why just look at his name? Setur ben, ha Michael. Michael means that he knows that God is, is indomitable, right? Michael, says the Gemara, she'asa atzmo, that he made God mach, weak. How could those two things, how could those two things be the same name? So I want to share with you something that I think is very beautiful. This is my own chidush. I'll use perhaps the words of Rabbi Yochanan without chutzpah, without comparison. But I'll say, Af'anu nomar. I also want to say something here. 
If you look carefully, in the word Michael, it's spelled Mem Yud Chaf Aleph Lamed. Correct? So when the Jewish people say Michael correctly, what do we say? Mi Kael, who is like God. Setur ben Michael, Setur means that he hid. He, he hid, right? Lehastir means to hide something. What did Setur ben Michael hide? He hid the Yod. So then read the word. Without the Yod is Mach El. He crushed God. You got it? Now what that means is that a person who has Michael in his name, he has the capacity either to say who is like God or to crush God. That's really what is latent, what is uh, apparent in each one of our names. And I want to point this out. What it means is that there's a tremendous difference between the way I manifest my destiny, my inherent powers, my skills, my shoresh haneshama, the root of my soul when I do it in a positive way and when I do it in a negative way. They're not the same. Think for one second. Let's go back to our example of Yishmael. Yishmael, when Yishmael teaches the world that Hashem will listen, Yishmael, that's Yishmael saying, look, Hashem will listen. When Yishmael tortures you and you pray, is Yishmael saying Yishmael? He's not. So in what way do they achieve their name? They cause a person to cry. Then Am Yisrael prays out to Hashem. And then what happens? Hashem saves them. That's not Yishmael. That's Shamael. The manifestation of their power of tefillah it's not through them, it's through another's answered prayer. Is this clear? So there's not the same. It's a distorted version of yourself. Okay? So in every single scenario, when a person has a power that can be used positively or negatively, its positive usage is not a distorted version of itself, it's the purest version of itself. Michael means that a person could go around challenging, saying, who else is like my God? But if the person actually does not walk on that road already certain, then you know what might happen when he goes out to search to see who's as strong as his God? He might find someone. Let me explain. Our rabbis tell us, da A person needs to know what to answer to a heretic. If you don't know the origins of your own religion well enough. If you are not prepared, you don't know the science of evolution, you don't understand the way the world works, you can't competently talk about how these two things might actually both be able to be true and not to take an iota from God's power and God's strength and God's creation. If you can't argue this point and come out with an absolutely valid, clear, halachic Torah perspective of God's ability to bring this world into the world and that being the actual historic truth, don't engage in those conversations. You know why? Because you might walk out on the road looking for Michael and wind up coming back, tail between your legs, with a Machel, with your God significantly weakened. So sometimes a person goes out on a journey that they're not ready for. 
In our Pasuk, the Pasuk says that when they left, they were Anashim. They were great men. Something happened in Egypt. Something happened, excuse me, in Israel. Something happened when they got afraid. Rabotai, I just want to point out something very interesting in the Situr ben Michael. When a person is afraid, what happens? They tense up. Physiologically. You see their neck retreats. Almost like we think we're like a turtle. Like we could hide our head under a shell. The most extreme version of fear is when a person, obviously in extreme versions, a person curls up into the fetal position. You see people who are gripped with terror, with incredible fear. What do they do? They pull their head toward their needs, almost mimicking subconsciously their earliest state of safety, the way that they were when they were a baby, when someone else could completely take care of them. Okay? Setur ben Michael, setur means something was hidden, where something was crushed, where something, right, was trampled. This guy got trampled. He looked around and he saw giants and he doubted himself and he doubted Am Yisrael and he was very afraid and he doubted God. And what happened? In the crunching, the name Michael also became contracted and the Yud was taken out and he was left with a Machel. My friends, almost always, that's what happens to people. They have a magnificent potential in themselves. They have in themselves an ability, like it says, He hid the words of HaKadosh Baruch That he trampled the words, the, the character traits of HaKadosh Baruch Now I want to tell you, as a student of Torah, these words they ring in me something else. Because the words lehachbi, which means to hide. Where do we find a positive expression of a person hiding? The Pasuk says, Penu lachem tzafona, turn to the north. And our rabbis explain, Penu lachem tzafona means that if you do well in life, you achieve a lot of greatness, you earn a lot of money, don't flaunt the money and show it everywhere, but rather, Tzafun. What does Tzafun mean to? Hide, like in the Seder. So had he fulfilled his mission properly, what would Nachbi mean? Nachbi would mean a person who was Machbi, who hid his greatness. A person who hid the fact that he was Anshashem. He was a great person. He would have been someone who was humble. Vofsi shepasa almidotav, person who trampled on the characteristics of God. We find that also in the Torah. The Pasuk says, Hashem Walk in the ways of God. Posea means to walk. In the ways of Akadosh Baruch Hu, says the Gemara, follow in all the midot of Akadosh Baruch Hu. So these words, pasa and midotav, means to follow in the midot of Hashem. Mahu Chanun, just as He is gracious, you should be gracious. Mahu Rachum, just as He is merciful, so, should to, so too should you be merciful. So we find that these people all have positive expressions of themselves. But then they experience something which causes them to be afraid. Fear always makes a person shrink. And when they shrink, what do we do? We take what's called the path 
of least resistance. The easiest path. We cover our heads and we take the smallest, easiest path. So Nachbi, a person that had greatness in front of him, that he could have had greatness and used Nachbi to mean to hide his own greatness, use humility. What did he do instead? He said, Oh, this whole story of us going into Israel, none of it's true. You know what Nachbi was doing? He was doing what every child does. They start running a race, then they look to the right, and they see another kid winning. What do they do? They stop running and they say, this race is so stupid. I'm not playing this game. Nachbi was a person who said, we're not going into Eretz Israel. We can't go into Eretz Israel. It's a disaster. Instead of facing the fear and understanding Michael, instead of treading and walking in the ways of God, instead of hiding uh, your greatness, having your greatness and hiding it, instead he hid from his greatness. My friends, this concept is something that is very, very important. Because it teaches us, not just uh, the way a person is supposed to analyze and look at their Hebrew name. And if a person doesn't have a Hebrew name, they should go out and get one. Okay? It doesn't just teach us about this essence of names. It teaches us about, like I always say, making a name. It's not as much about what you were named. It's about what you do with your name, the name that you create for yourself. Tov, Shem, says the Pasuk. Mishem and Tov. Greater is a name than, oil, than good oil. What's the purpose of good oil? Good oil lights a clean fire. It brings light. But a good name, Tov Shem, a name that's good name, brings much more light to the world than a candle. Because the candle, as soon as it's done, it eats up its oil and the oil is gone. But a person can make an impact in this world that actually outlives the oil, outlives the wick, outlives the material self of the person. So when a person thinks about doing something great, then that's something I think that we could all uh, decide upon for ourselves in the way we see what we came to this world to achieve. You know, I want to just say, today, or today and yesterday is Memorial Day weekend. That's why we have a little bit of a smaller crew in shul today. We didn't have a Kohen in our Beit Knesset today. It doesn't happen very often in a Syrian shul. Ashkenazim happens very often, right? even in Israel where they do Bekat Kohanim daily. But over here, in the Syrian community, there's usually a proliferation of Kohanim. But a lot of the Syrians went away to deal for, for Memorial Day. So we didn't have a Kohen today. This day is day, and this whole weekend is meant to memorialize the soldiers that went to war, that fought um, for the freedom of this country that fought for the freedom of people actually in other places in the world. Even in World War II, America to a large degree fought a fight that really wasn't its own. And yes, you could argue that they didn't fight it until Pearl Harbor was attacked. But part of the reason why Pearl Harbor was attacked was because they believed that America eventually would join the war and that, that, that's why it was worth fighting and bringing this sleeping giant into the mix and into the fray. But so many of our of our uh, interventions around the world have been for the, st for the state of democracy. To be able to heal, to be able to bring people uh, who are oppressed, to bring, them, um, some, to bring them some safety. 
My friends, the soldiers that their names were mentioned yesterday, whose names are engraved in the walls on memorials around this country, we owe them a tremendous debt of gratitude. And, and I think to myself sometimes, you know, when I experience days like Memorial Day, and when we mention the soldiers, you know, when's the day? When's the day, Memorial Day, for the Jewish soldiers? And I don't mean uh, in Israel, that we have a day for. I don't mean the soldiers that are protecting Eretz Israel and its physical borders. But when is the day where we mention all the names of the tzaddikim together? All the soldiers that have defended Judaism throughout the ages. When's the day when we say all of their names? When's the day when you talk about people who weren't rabbis? Uh, you know, people like Mike Tress. He was a guy who fought for, for Judaism in America. Without the title rabbi, he's a businessman. When's the day when we mention Irving Bunim? These guys, they fought to be able to build yeshivot and schools and uh, mikvaot, right? They fought for it. We have with us someone today who uh, was very instru instrumental back. We have Milton with us. Milton, literally, used to go take kids, bring kids from on the streets to, to pray in Fifth Avenue Synagogue. Is that not right? Right? This is a guy, this is a guy right here who's a soldier of Judaism. Now Baruch Hashem, he's not on our memorial wall. We have many, 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 many decades still uh, of having Milton with us at Biza 120, like they say. But, but these, this is important. The more we talk about these things, these ideas, the power of people to be able to bring something, the more we talk about people's destiny, being able to be manifest, not just rabbis, not just wise people, but people that care enough. <clears throat> the less we hide from our greatness, <clears throat> the less there's nachbi, there's this hiding of a person's greatness, the more we'll have greatness to be able to in humility hide. May Hashem bless us always to know the power of our names, to understand the power uh, of our contribution to the community, to society, to world at large, and be'ezrat Hashem, uh, these an sheshem, these people of names, will become f forever memorialized as people who had something so special about them that we will remember their names for generations to come. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.